Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. I'm Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, oh, he's not here. I'm sorry. No DJ Mark this week, folks. Um, he should be back next week. Um, but until then, my fearless partner, the man, the myth, the legend, one of those three. Still not bad. That's spatting third, 333. Lavender Goobs. Also, the man who bet seven units on the Broncos to win by more than six and a half, and it's not looking good at the start of the third quarter. Good evening, Bobby. And in honor of our missing partner, Mark, I wish all of you on September 12th a happy National Video Games Day. And for you narcs out there, a happy National Report Medicare Fraud Day. So if you're going to be a little bitch and report your neighbor, you know, who doesn't have a broken leg, you can go do that. Mike, attacking the listeners to start the show. Um, yeah, um, just the two of us this week. So if you guys like the silliness of the last week, let me tell you, uh, the pre-podcast conversation did not indicate anything else besides more silliness coming. Um, in fairness, we are we are covering a sport that is just the biggest clown shoes operation you could ever fucking imagine. Um, and and also, I did have another big honking slice of my mother's ice cream uh, birthday cake from last night. There we go. Happy birthday to your mother. That's right. Nine eleven. Never forget. Yeah. Um, and since we're talking, uh, Kid Presentable's birthday is on Wednesday. And Wednesday is the exactly far enough from away from next week's show that I will forget to mention it next week. So we're going to mention <laughs> it right now. It is five days after. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're going to go ahead and wish uh, Kid Presentable a happy birthday right now. He's slightly, like in terms of months, younger than uh, the rest of us. Um, so anyway. Um, all right, boys and girls. Look, if you, let me tell you, if you only watch UFC pay-per-views, and like, and listen to this podcast. I mean, when you turned on the TV, Mike, on Saturday, you must have wondered what the fuck was going on. If you aren't in the loop on the news, right? Like, uh, yeah, just like uh, two of my friends at work when they were talking to me about the card uh, from from Saturday, they turned on like the third the third to last fight, and they're like, "Wait, what the hell? This isn't what was supposed to happen." So, yeah, unless you were deep in the loop, I think you were thrown off a bit. I mean, in fairness, I think you, I mean, it got so, people were paying attention. And, like, look, if you somehow missed all this, um, we're going to get specifically into the details when we talk about Kamzat specifically in a bit, his actions. But uh, the short answer is Kamzat, because you may have almost ruined an entire UFC pay-per-view by showing up seven and a half pounds overweight. Um, pretty intentional. Intentional in the sense that you miss weight by eight pounds, Mike, because uh, people are just like, 
Oh, he was at the food court the night before drinking water and eating food, right? Eight pounds is not a one meal. You, you, you shouldn't have ate dinner the night before mistake. Eight pounds is you fucked this up a week ago. All right. That's a lot of yep. weight. That's a, that's a, you fucked up. Cam's that missed weight. Nate Diaz is like, I am not going to fire your assassin who's 10 pounds heavier than me. He didn't even fucking try to lose weight. And uh, the UFC basically played musical chairs with the top three fights. Um, and what we got instead was Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson, the fight we all should have gotten about a year ago. We've, he's been asking for this for at least a year, if not more. That was the main event, co-main event, Kevin Big giant balls of steel, Holland, uh, taking on Kaz, uh, Kamzat Chimeyev. And then uh, we had Daniel Rodriguez taking on Li Jing Lang. Nobody got fucked more than Lee in this whole equation. Uh, yeah. Had to fight a guy 10 pounds bigger than him. Won the fight, didn't get the decision. Then, Mike, like, you're in the loop on this man's suit, right? Like, the amount of people talking about Li Jing Lang's suit... And I, how he I wasn't. Didn't, I didn't see his suit. How good was it? Oh, let me tell you, Mike. Just go ahead and you go in there and you go on Twitter right now. You look up Lee Jing Lang's suit. And like, there was a whole part in the Embedded series where like he went to buy the suit and he was excited about his cool suit. <laughs> and then, like, as they're canceling the press conference, which by the way, that happened too, because Cam's at the psychopath. You see Lee Jing Lang trying to walk towards the stage, looking fresh to death, and like they pull him away. <laughs> Mike's uh, Mike's seen the suit now. The look on his face. Um, I <laughs> I was telling people at at the little shindig I had to watch this event on uh, uh, on Saturday that Lee Jing Liang he got he got a little brother in him with with his swag uh, right and I got looked at like I was crazy right I'm looking at this suit yo he definitely's got some black friends bro all right. Well, I was going to say he trades with Team Alpha Male, but there's nobody black in Team Alpha Male. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Either that or he's been raiding Seth Rollins' closet. Okay, so Lee here got fucked. And like, yeah, I remember like, even like, look, look multiple, like that was half the talk of, of this card was like Lee Jing Lang not being able to wear his suit. After Nate Diaz won his fight, Nate Diaz at the press conference called Lee the wrong name. And then he felt bad about that. And then he's like, man, they wouldn't even let me fight Lee. And he had that sweet, sweet suit. Like, he got, he, he got, he really got screwed. <laughs> like, even Nate Diaz's cold heart was melted by Lee Jing Lang's suit. <laughs> let me, let me ask you a question. Do you think if we podied up the money, right, and we literally gave it to him, like in a box, you think we could get Phil to wear this for Halloween? Just be, I mean, I feel it's kind of racist that you're taking our Chinese friend and saying he has to dress like the Chinese fighter. Just put that out there. Like, just, I'll put it out on front street. <laughs> why you gotta make, why you gotta make it awkward, Bobby? Okay, no, I don't think it's, in fairness, though, if out of the three, if it was the three of us and Phil, you'd say, who should dress like Lee Jing Lang? You're like, well, probably Phil. I mean, it's also that, all right? <laughs> yeah, make it hot. Yeah, um... Yeah, man, he got fucked. All right, so yeah, they play musical chairs. Um, let's get into it, Mike. Nate Diaz, but, Tony Ferguson. Right, I, I thought oh. you wanted to start with uh, Liang first. No, no, we're gonna start. We're gonna start with. We're gonna go main event down, and we're okay. gonna talk about that psychopath Kamzat after this in the co-main. So Nate Diaz, Tony Ferguson. Let's just talk about the fight itself, Mike. Um, before we get into the outer stuff, 
think we got the full Diaz experience, quite frankly. I mean, we got, we, we got, we got Bach, we got getting leg kicked, right? I mean, go ahead. You go through the rest of it there. But I mean, the leg kicks was key. You definitely get leg kicked. Let's, <laughs> let's see. An inability. Well, he did actually check a. a no, he's trying. More, he, he checked more leg kicks than I thought he would, but he still absorbed a lot of punishment in his legs. He had a super heavy boxing stance with just a few kicks just thrown in there. He went full Nate Diaz, just trying to clown Tony Ferguson at different points where he was clowning him so much in the second and third round that I got really afraid for my uh for for, for my bet. Um, you know, going up and just literally just uh, Do you think he was himself clowning him? on the wall. I thought he was I thought he was just talking to the people in the front. I think Nate was in full I don't care. I think they both were having a blast, to be honest, too. I think Tony was enjoying it too. Like I don't know. It didn't seem like they seemed like they had a pretty good relationship in the whole thing. Like, like really, just because fully. they have just because they have a good relationship doesn't mean he wasn't also clowning them a bit, ah, even maybe. if it was unintentional, even if that wasn't his intended purpose. Yo, man, you turn your back on a dude and you just start walking around pointing and you go just like drape your hand over the, the, the cage. Guess what? You're clowning your opponent. Fair right? enough. Fair enough. You're literally turning your back on your opponent like you ain't going to do shit. But yeah, um, boxing, boxing have a performance through uh, the, the, the four rounds. Um, funny that as soon as uh, he tried, uh, you know, uh, shit, what's the word I'm looking for? Take down. Uh, when, he, when he tried taking Diaz down, Diaz cinched in that, you know, that, that guillotine pretty quickly. Um, I was listening um, to, uh, they do this great thing on Morning Combat. Uh, Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell's podcast will I do like a resume review sometimes about a guy and they will just go down the line his entire career his entire like UFC career so they were going through Nate's entire career and the number of fights were like Nate late in the fight starts piecing the guy up and the guy goes for a takedown to protect himself and then less than 12 like less than 10 seconds later that guy's getting choked it's happened like like six times like I mean, I, you're not going to remember all of them. This last like, fight, Connor. He did it against Connor. He did it with this fight. He did it with uh, Kurt Pellegrino. Um, oh, he that. did it with Melvin Gallard. That's another. Pellegrino was the one with the triangle middle fingers. And then uh, he did it with Melvin Gallard. That was four. There was seriously like six. Like all these, like the number, like it's almost like people forget sometimes it's as good as boxers the Diaz brothers are. When shit hits the mat, you're fucked. Like I remember um when like Nick was like Strike Force champion and he was boxing up this dude who was uh supposed to be the next Crow Cop. Um Zaromsk remember Zaromskis? Marius Zaromskis, I think his name was. He like he wore the Crow Cop shorts too. Um, right, yeah. And like Nate beat his ass six different ways. Black belts like do this shit too, or like uh Cyborg Santos was getting pieced up. I mean, say what you will about Cyborg Santos, but fucking black belt. Fucking shoots on a takedown. Okay, he's getting tapped out, you know, immediately. That's done. You know, like, it's funny how, like, are they committed to a ground style? <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are fucked. Um, so Nate got the, Nate got a guillotine and flex at the same time. So we even got that together. Um, don't let anybody tell you anything different. The UFC was planning essentially the saddest card possible is what it seemed like. Between this fight and the Lee Jing Lang fighting Tony Ferguson fight, that was before between Nate fighting Kamzat and Lee fighting Tony, they were really like trying to kill us. 
I feel like with the press, like they were really trying to like make this bad for the hardcore fans. Instead, Nate Diaz walks out of this fight. Mike, hottest free agent MMA has ever seen, quite frankly. He's the number two pay-per-view draw this company has, and he walked it's, out healthy and clean. It's it's also just the, to the power of Nate Diaz that he is the hottest MMA free agent out there. He is 37 years old and has never won a, a, a world championship. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's impressive as hell, buddy. And like, you know what, man? The MMA gods, sometimes... UFC tries UFC and UFC built a whole pay-per-view over fucking this man over. And that was a bit too much for the MMA gods. The MMA gods shined down on Nate and gave Sometimes. him essentially the literally the perfect exit. I couldn't have imagined this going better for him. Like unless somehow like Kamzat shot in like a dumbass and got guillotined immediately on him and like that happened. But, like short that of that. Would've, that would have been Chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, but like, honestly, like that went as well as humanly possible. We had like Joe Rogan asking him, all, Joe Rogan grew some balls, by the way, uh, with some of these questions. Uh, but he asked even, Nate even about the like, question to, to Kamza as oh, well. Oh, I'm going to get to that. That was, I gained a little bit of respect for, uh, Kamza there. The Nate questions though, I don't think any of the other commentators would have asked that. Like any other interviewer had the balls to ask him about like, are you going to go box? Are you going to do this, this and that? So like. That was impressive. And like, you know, Nate's giving all respect to Tony Ferguson afterwards. They're bowing. You know, that was, it went perfectly, man. You, Dana White went out there. You know what the press conference was going to be if this went the way the UFC wanted it to go. Where Nate gets murked by Kamzat. You know Dana White would have went up there and been like, yeah, man, you know, these guys, you know, just, you know, can't compete at this level anymore. And, you know, why would we resign him? And blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, that would have been it. And then at the same time, yeah. he would have been like, but Cam's at the stud for beating him still, even though I just buried this guy. But uh, instead, Dana White had to go up there and be like, no matter what Nate Diaz does next, this is his house. Which, by the way, that is how it's supposed to be. If you're like, like, you don't need to cut their throats on the way out the door, okay? Anderson Silva got a fucking, like, video package, and that was it. You know what I mean? Just saying, like... Weir weirdly enough, though... Um, even before Dana White went in and talked at his presser, I was, I don't know if, if shocked is the right word, but I was pretty surprised when in his post fight with, uh, with Joe Rogan, he gave props to, to Dana White. He gave props to the UFC, uh, That's a good point. you know, and, um, so when I heard that, I thought, have there been other conversations between them where perhaps if not patched up, they've come to an understanding where Nate was like, hey, I know you maybe try to fuck me, but you know what? Business is business. It, it is what it is. Maybe Dana White respected that. But it sounds like they, they had to have come to some type yeah. of con conversation and understanding between the two well, of them. Ariel, uh, both Ariel and Luke Thomas said that they both heard that things had like thawed a little bit in general. And like, yeah, man. I think the UFC had to protect against even before the fight, the opponent got switched. Fucking what if Nate, what if Nate beat Cam's at, you know, what if very unlikely, but what if, yep. I mean, honestly, like, and then even Nate said, I'll be back. Nate's like, I just want to go do something else for a bit. I'll be back. 
you know? And he always says UFC's got the best fighters and stuff. He's just like, I'll be back, though. I want to do other stuff. So that that was fine, man. Like, what would, like, again, there's stuff that UFC does sometimes, man, that is just like, I don't know what the advantage is even for doing it like this. Like, I don't know what you're what you're doing besides coming off as dicks. Like, um, I guess we might as well talk about Nate period here. Okay, um, Tony Ferguson, by the way. I don't think Tony looked bad. I think Tony can still keep fighting if he wants to keep fighting. I'm not sure 170 is the answer because I was terrified of him fighting the leech. I think the leech would have hit him really hard. Like, these guys hit hard at 170, you know? Like, some of these dudes hit real hard. Um, but I thought he looked okay. I mean, you got anything to say about Tony besides that? I thought he looked okay, and I didn't. When he's a, people are saying his cornerman that kept telling him to go shoot for a takedown fucked up, but I'm like, yeah, they didn't mean shoot for a takedown after you got your brain scrambled by 15 punches in a row, though. Right. Like, you know, I honestly was looking forward to a grappling exchange. That was half the fun of this fight was like yeah, a big hit the ground. <laughs> because when he shot in the third round and he just hadn't been rattled by a whole bunch of punches, he didn't get it. But it was a much more intelligent and controlled takedown attempt as opposed to the fourth round when he, he tried and he had just been battered for maybe about the last 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, that one was uncontrolled. He just kind of barreled right in he was to, trying to, save himself. to Nate Diaz's side yeah. and, you know, got caught in a guillotine. Um, but anyway, all right. Nate Diaz. Fucking world's his oyster right now. Um, I, we, talked, we talked about it last week. I don't think Jake Paul should have signed up for that, for that Anderson fight. Um, but if he wins, let me tell you right now with you, I, I believe this firmly, Nate Diaz and, and uh, Jake Paul sell a million pay-per-views. Like I am, I think it hits a million pay-per-views. Let me I ask think the two of them. This. What? Let me ask you this. Do you buy that pay-per-view? Yeah, I'll buy it. I will buy, I will actually buy whatever pay-per-view boxing pay-per-view Nate does next. I'm fine with it. Let me let me let me put one even over on you. Not only would you buy that pay per view, I would buy that pay per view separate and not try and piggyback off of your pay per view. Why? Because I support no, my boy I, Diaz. I wanted to say I want to read somewhere that Nate Diaz is getting X percentage of the pay per view. I read that I will do it. Simple as that. Oh, they they get pay per view points on this one. Yeah, he did. But all right, good. All right, all right. So I did my part. Yeah. I tried to buy a shirt. All of them were sold out. The only thing they were selling were flags. What am I going to do with that Diaz flag? Okay. Put it in your, put it in your I office? I don't even got a Okay. This bloody-ass Nate Diaz <laughs> staring at a camera. Um, so I think he's fighting Jake Paul. You and you think he's fighting Jake Paul. I think it should have been Jake's next fight. But if Jake gets out of this Anderson fight and doesn't get starched, I'm sure he'll be fine either way. If he gets starched, I don't know. Um... We'll see. But it, how much of this allure with Jake Paul is that he's undefeated? How much of it is just that he's an ass? I don't know. I think people try to assign these old rules of boxing to other stuff. And I know this is literal boxing, but people will be like, oh, Conor McGregor. When Conor McGregor lost to Nate, I remember people are like, oh, he's done because he lost. And I'm like, bro, this is MMA. Like, this is MMA. Like, uh, fucking Ray, BJ Penn and Randy Couture are legends here. They got 10 losses each at the time it was yeah. 10. Like, this is... That's not how you become a legend in this sport. Like, and like, I think with also like Jake Paul being undefeated, I don't know. Like you could tell me like he actually lost. I mean, I think the kid's just like watching this. He's like a star. The kid's a star. That's all it is. Seems like a kind of a dickhead, but he's a star. 
Um, I don't know, Mike. I'm not that. I don't. Maybe I'm just like missing something. But like, I can't be angry. I can't dislike him more than I dislike two thirds of the people already involved in the stuff I watch. Yeah, correct. Uh, Jake Paul isn't doesn't seem to be a dick like how you would or you don't like Jake Paul for like the reasons why you don't like maybe about three fourths of the UFC fighters with their questionable beliefs, um, you know, just in general. Mm. Uh, I think you don't like Jake Paul because he's a troll. And you know what? I think that's, that's, just... an, that's an innocent reason to not like someone. Just I feel being like, an I mean, innocent he's a troll, troll. I think he doesn't want me to like him anyway. So, but he's he's not a troll like Sean Strickland is a troll. All right, no, he's Sean Strickland. Troll. Sean Strickland's terrible. Yeah, he's a playful troll. The you know, worst. Um, yeah. So Jake, I did I did make me laugh when Jake uh, was like they had the video of himself like just him staring at the TV. Which was like the comment that was like Nate Diaz is free from the UFC. Who should he fight? And it's just Jake staring at the TV and looking back at the camera <laughs> back and forth. I don't know. It was pretty funny. I was like, well played, kid. Well played. That's the fight. I, I think that's the fight that they sell a million pay-per-views. Everybody gets rich. Kid, he makes more than he's ever made on any boxing fight. Nate makes more than he's ever made before. Everybody gets rich. You sell that shit for 40 bucks, 50 bucks. You're going to make $50 million on pay-per-view. Yeah. They could sell that shit for 75. I'll still okay. Buy it. Well, let's. I'll still buy it. Maybe not in this country. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, so, um, but he can do whatever he wants, man. Honestly, if I'm like one FC, if I'm Bellator, you kick the tires. And if I'm Nate Diaz, I say I would like a one fight deal. That's it. That's it. This is what he is now. He's one fight man. Um, I kind of had a, I kind of had a thought about this and I know, uh, other MMA podcasts have had this thought and I swear to God, I came up with it independently, which no one will believe. Nate and Connor were going back and forth on Twitter a little bit. I think Connor allegedly has like two or two fights left on his UFC deal. But even if he has more than that as UFC deal. Uh, Mike, these guys are going to box. You think so? They're I mean, definitely going to box. Connor still has to get through his UFC contract. No, he doesn't. What do you mean he doesn't? I mean, honestly, if Connor wants to be the one to go up there and do this without the UFC, he's not going to. Also, the UFC can be involved. Let the UFC get their beak wet too. You know? I mean... I'm not sure how you convince Nate to give like get less than fifty percent, and get, so I don't know if Connor wants to give less than. I sw- I think they're gonna fight. They're gonna box. That's where the trilogy happens. If I'm the UFC and I can get any part of it, even gave my beak wet a little bit, I would do that. I feel if I'm if I'm Connor, you do your last. If you say it's two fights, you do your last two fights at the UFC. Connor doesn't need the UFC at this point. Like honestly, the UFC, the UFC will throw all the money in the world for him to stay. He'll have a special contract. Will it be just a like co-promotion and all that? I don't know. Maybe maybe they don't care. That's the thing. Maybe I, I just uh, there's times where we talk about how the UFC shouldn't care because they're it doesn't matter who's in the UFC. They're they they do enough. Their turnover on yeah. big and the guys are enough of stars. You know, to sell pay per views exist. You know, between ESPN and that, you're good. Why they do the things they do at all would like try to fuck over Nate Diaz. You wonder what is Bellator that much of a threat to you? Like, what is it? Do you just not? What is it? What are we doing? So I'd say, like, they don't have to give a fuck at all about Connor, but I don't think they want him to leave. I don't think they want to lose their number one pay-per-view draw, too. After he's been gone for a year on top of that. So 
Um, we'll see what he does. Nate wants to grapple. Nate, 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 start, Nate has his own promotion now. Uh, he's going to have his own fight promotion, which I imagine is for lesser fighters. Um, but yeah, Mike, what is it you, called? What is it called? Real promotions? Real like fights? Real fighters? Yeah. Real fights? Yeah. Something like, you know, real ninja shit's happening there. Um, and like, honestly, Mike, you can go there with the, with, under the Ali Act and just say this promoter is trying to stop me from boxing. And I'm a boxer. Look at my boxing license. That's all it takes. Think, uh, yeah, but let's see who but, actually does that. But then again, uh, the UFC want to set that precedent? One way or the other? I mean, I don't know. The UF, Dana White went out there on, on Saturday night, Mike, and said nobody got paid extra. And let me tell you, Mike, there was no reason to lie there because we all saw the video on, of Kevin Holland doing the happy dance about getting paid. All right? After he accepted the fight the day before. Like, but you know why you do that? Because you don't want to set the precedent. So maybe you have, you know, some guy with, you know, a shitty manager and just says like, hey, man, we gave you a new opponent on uh, one day notice. Tough titties. You're still making 20 and 20. There's no way. There's no, no way any of those guys didn't paid. get extra. They all, if anything, no Zach, maybe the Cam Zach got less than they just gave his money, you know. Um, by the way. I mean, okay, he like, lost, didn't he lose 30% of his purse? Well, technically, he didn't miss weight for the other fight. Wow. I don't know. We don't know what happened to him. Okay, let's get into this guy, man. All right, Cam Zachameyev. Just to recap this man. Well, let's start, let's, start, let, let's start with the actual fight first, because that shouldn't take too long. Okay. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's just put it Cam, this way. Camzat blitzkrieged Kevin Holland, a man who has bad takedown defense, wasn't training for a wrestler, has shown no knowledge of the ability to get somebody with some, anything off of his back, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Camzat, though, even with all that, Camzat looked amazing. Camzat both blew through him in like what two minutes? Got him with the Darce choke. I Kevin believe Holland has Kevin Holland uh, 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 Camzat in five of his six UFC fights. Mike has a combined uh, one significant strike landed on him. I believe in his last two of his last three opponents didn't land a single strike yeah. on him. Well, the I one believe. in the middle there is the one. Well, that, the, the one in the middle was the one where you know it was. Kevin Gilbert went to war. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he honestly, Camzat like was like he blitzkrieg so fast that as he was finishing it, homeboy was like sucking wind. Like I'm gonna go for the sprint right now, which that works until it doesn't. You know, um, so he won. Kevin Holland got paid. Camzat then got on the mic and gave this weird fucking. I mean, did we talk about that first, or did we talk about this lead? It was week leading up to this because a lot of it was weird. Like Let's, there was a whole thing. Look. Where he was talking about, like, Izzy doing butt sex with Paulo Costa with the humping from that fight, like, a year ago. He was talking about that. He almost got in a fight with Paulo Costa at a gym when uh, Paulo was just there training with Jake Shields, which I didn't know that was a thing. Um, Then he, at the press conference beforehand, he got into it with Kevin Holland. And then... After Tavon Holland, after that got separated, Nate Diaz and his team showed up and he got into it with them. So they had to cancel the press conference, right? And then he missed weight by seven and a half pounds. And then at the weigh-ins, he had this shit-eating grin on his face like, hey, what what up? And then we had to deal with this stupid-ass, I guess apparently some audio of him saying, don't worry, this was all the plan. 
that was all around social media, okay? Which, there's no way. I'm just going to say this. There's no way. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. Nate Diaz got a bigger check. Tony Ferguson got a bigger check. Kevin Holland got a bigger check. If the leash didn't get a bigger check, Mike, I'm going to punch somebody. Um, Daniel Rodriguez probably got a bigger check. What, well, whose plan was this? Yours? Because you just caught your, lost yourself a bunch of money. That's what you did. Um, it was going to be the most... It doesn't matter that Kevin Holland might be a harder opponent for than, Kevin, than Nate, Nate Diaz. Quite frankly, I don't know if it was because Kevin Holland wasn't prepared for that fight. At all. At all. Neither was Cam's that. But Kevin Holland wasn't either. You caught yourself, cost yourself a bunch of money. Um, you almost ruined a pay-per-view. I don't think we can trust... I don't know how you could legitimately trust him to get a title shot next at 170 pounds when he missed weight by so much he was close to the middleweight. And mind you, he missed the 171 limit by seven and a half pounds. Yeah. He missed championship weight by eight and a half pounds. Yeah. By the way, the look of... The, 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 the way the commission worker just slid the weights over to the side with disgust and said... 178.5. I was just like, yeah, bro, me too. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> um, okay, then he goes out there in the cage. And oh, oh, by the way, he did say, like, Nate Diaz. He says, tell Nate Diaz he can have my entire check if we keep the fight going. And I'm like, I read that and I'm like, Kamza, you think Nate cares about the 60 grand you're getting paid? Like, your check means nothing to Nate. <laughs> Nothing. No, all right. Not a thing. Nothing. All right. Nothing at all. Right. Um, he went out there and after, and he just started yelling into the microphone about he's going to kill everyone and yada, yada, yada. And then Joe Rogan was just like, what about the weight, bro? And he's like, I'll give a shit about that. And then Joe Rogan's like, well, you should because we can't have you fight for a championship and miss weight by seven and a half pounds. And then he said some shit about like, no, they wouldn't let me keep cutting weight. By the way, uh, them saying he missed weight for a medical issue, Mike. That then, was laughable. Well, then they put him in a cage fight with a much larger man the next day. <laughs> like, hey, let me tell you, if this was the plan, everybody did not get all the instructions. Okay. Um, he went full. I mean, then there was the whole thing with the glove tap with Kevin Holland. Which I, you know, I don't know, just, though, because they touched beforehand. Yeah, whatever. I didn't yeah. care. Long story short, though, um, Kamzat made it. So that, not that we aren't talking about him running through Kevin Holland, but I would say that is not just the afterthought. Because I think the press conference is the afterthought. <laughs> okay. That's like buried in the back pages of this thing, man. Like, yeah. that he did this. He really, like, it's like, it's like this didn't happen. Honestly. Like, it, it, you won, cool. You beat a guy who had no preparation for you, who has no takedown defense. But you weren't preparing for him either. But I I've, I can't make anything out of any of these three fights, in fairness, because nobody was prepared for anything. Like, even Nate Diaz is like, I spent this entire camp wrestling. Yeah, like, he said uh, mm. he didn't do one bit of boxing throughout the whole camp. But it's a Diaz brother. They, you know, they just have fucking That's little true. fucking tennis balls hanging from their ceiling everywhere in their house just to practice boxing. Um, so, like, I don't know. I was disappointed. Like, he's a very talented fighter. Like, he's going to be a champion. Let's just be honest. I mean. Well, maybe. At some point. I guess it, I guess it depends on what weight class yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, 
People are like, the UFC is not going to punish him. I don't remember the last time UFC punished anybody for anything with merit. You know, they they pulled Leon wow. Edwards out of the rankings for being too difficult and asking for an actual opponent. They remember when Conor McGregor didn't want to do a press conference, they put an empty chair and said, "Oh, da 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 da." da. No, they didn't do anything. I don't think if they. I got. I. I, I mean, Nadia, like Dana White had an attitude like, "Oh, what what do you expect me to do?" It's like, I don't know. Make him fight on the undercard or something. Make him fight on the They weren't going to do that because, I mean. Does he sell anything? They want him to be a star, right? And if okay. he's going to be a star, he can't be on the undercard. Okay. 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 I don't know. Make him go to middleweight? That might be something perhaps they consider for the next fight. Because he, the next fight should be a middleweight. But then again, I mean. Has he hasn't had any weight issues? Mike, he intentionally missed. Mike, I don't, I don't care about the weight as much as like he didn't miss by two pounds. He missed by five percent. He missed by five goddamn percent, and like two is too much to miss weight by. Like I was disappointed in Chris Barnett missing weight at heavyweight by two pounds. God fuck, it's heavyweight. How do you do that? But like true. two pounds, like that's one percent. He missed by he missed by so much. He didn't try, and then he almost blew. He almost ruined the event. There was almost no show. Like, I'm amazed Dana White isn't more angry. Honestly, if Nate Diaz, apparently if Nate Diaz said he won't fight anybody, he they could have extended his contract like six months, three months, whatever. Let me tell you this right now. If uh, if Nate Diaz didn't, if Nate Diaz wasn't on the last fight of his contract, there would have been no pay-per-view. Probably. Nate Diaz said, I'm going home. Fuck you. This is a $70 Southwest flight. <laughs> actually on friday it's more expensive all right like you know just saying like i'm just i don't know i was just disappointed in him man it's a good fighter and i know i'm being disappointed in a guy who takes warlord money and everybody in this sport's a fucking scumbag and you know all that shit but like that's not fuck up the fighting part of it that's the only part of you guys i care about at this point like i can't get you know like i mean mark told me this when i started watching fights I say it all the time. You only agreeing to two things when you sign that bond agreement. I'll make be there weight. and I'll make weight. That's yep. it. Not that I'm going to train, you know, nothing else. Just I will be there and I will weigh this much the day before. That's it. You just failed one of two. And by the way, I think I told you this and it was the most obvious thing ever. Nate Diaz is going to declare victory. And he did. He said, I won. He says, I'm, he says, I won that fight. He didn't show up. He missed weight. So I'm going to go 2-0 this weekend. Do you think Nate Diaz has like a Hicks and Gracie level record in his head? Where like he counts all of his wins from like practice. No, like all I his think wins literally. Monopoly, I like, think he views any uh, disp- anything that comes to like when he gets to the dispute stage. Like he views that he already beat Khabib. Because he says I bitch slapped Khabib. He didn't do a thing about it. And I'm like, okay, well that's. You did that in the middle of a fucking arena. In a World Series of Fighting. But okay. Um. But this, literally, I remember he said he put it up there like it was something like four years ago. He put like someone found a tweet where he just said, you don't show up for the war, you lost the war. He definitely considers it a win against that dude who like he made flinch and like all the popcorn oh, and like, soda was, went up in the that air. Was the best. That was that was the biggest <laughs> win of his career. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> honestly, in the eyes of the fans, Kamzak came off like a little bitch through and through, came off like a complete bitch. That guy with and, the popcorn as well. Um, but like, yeah, man, what do we do? 
it is what it is. The UFC is not going to. I, let me tell you what I want. I, I want him versus Colby Covington. That should be the I, fight. I think that what the UFC is going to do is that they are going to just treat this like an etch a sketch, shake this shit off, and start with a new slate. I think when it comes, it comes up because they are pretty set and gung ho on making him the their the next star and the next Habib. So I think. They're going to treat this as if it never happened. They're going to give him another shot at 170. Hello, Luna. And they're just going to go from there. Up. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, man, Leon Edwards doesn't pull that head kick out of his ass. And uh, Kamzad just acts like a fucking professional. He's fighting for the middleweight t- for the welterweight title. Simple. Honestly, it should be Colby. I think him and Colby Covington would have a great fight. I think leading up to it, we'll all rethink our fandom in sports in general, let alone MMA. And I don't think Colby Covington takes that fight because Colby Covington doesn't take fights like that. Uh, what do you but, root for in that situation? It's like it's like well, a, a class. It's like a classic wrestling heel versus heel matchup. Yeah, but you know what? I, I mean, at least you, I don't. I don't know if you do. I don't root for anybody in ninety-five percent of the fights I'm watching. That is true. Uh, one thing I realized I lean while away, watching, maybe you know. Sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. One thing I realized while watching the Nate Diaz fight, and I realized this as I was going absolutely apeshit during the uh, during the main event, having the people that were at my house just looking at me weird. Uh, I realized that this is likely the last person I will ever really truly root for. Uh, because I'm 37 and I don't get invested enough in the actual athletes in in professional football, basketball, or or professional fighting at that point. So I think I'm I think I'm with you when it comes to that. With most of these fights, I don't have a, a vested interest in anyone unless I have an actual financial int- interest in my yeah, betting. I don't. I don't. I view this sport different than I want to view the team sports. Quite frankly. Team sports, I root for my team. The reason I can watch as much of this sport as I do and we do is because it ultimately doesn't really matter to me who wins. I'm really here for the for like I like watching the sport. I don't watch baseball between two random teams. You know, right? If I'm gonna watch basketball between two random teams, it better like it better be the playoffs or something. Football, I'll watch honestly within reason. I'll watch, but like. MMA, I'm just here for the fights, man. If the fights are good, that is more important to me than any one person winning. The only person people I really like, I'm like, I root for this person to win fights, period, regardless of whether this is good or not, is Nate Diaz, his brother. Rampage was like that for me, too. Thankfully, with Rampage, it didn't matter. I mean, he was not going to be a good fight if he didn't. It wasn't going to be entertaining if he didn't win because that's the way he fights. And it's the same with the Diaz brothers, quite frankly. So it, it helps in that regard. But like, like you, everybody in this podcast knows how much I love Valentina Shevchenko, and like that last fight got real dicey, Mike. Like, yeah, but it wasn't like I was standing up being like, "Come on, Valentina, dude." I was just like, "Okay." I don't know. That's the way I watch this fight. So, well, if you tell me who I'm gonna root for in Kobe Covington and Kamza Chimeev, I don't care. I really don't. I mean, I I cheered for Usman loudly when he knocked out Covington the first time. That was awesome. I remember that, but I'm just like over it now. Like, whatever. I just don't think Kobe takes that fight. Kobe, unless, I mean, unless they tell him you definitely get a title shot for winning. Pro- probably, yeah. 
because Chimeyev was what, like twelfth? Like he was, no, he was no, still no, pretty two. low, wasn't? He's was two. he two? That's one and two. Right Who's there. that high? No, sorry, wow. that's through two and three. I think one is Kamaru. I think two and three is Colby and the guy who made who who you know won a fight on 180 pounds. Then that only makes sense that if whoever wins that fight would get a title shot because Colby well, Colby want Colby wants to get back fast track back into the title shot because it's not Usman anymore. And in the off chance that Usman loses the, the the rematch, Colby will be right there. You know that'll be a fresh matchup for for Colby when it comes to the championship fights. Um, spoiler alert. Right now, if you ask me, I'm picking Edwards over Usman. Partly because I think they're going to do it in England. Why, why is that? Because it's not like, it's not like There's a couple Edwards things. did particularly well until that, okay, until that so, head kick. So this is a, here are a couple things. One, when someone loses their belt and gets an immediate rematch, only like two times the person got the belt back. It's like Amanda just did it. Uh, Vitor did it, and there was another one. Or Randy Couture did it, and then there was another one. Two, that fight, that last fight was in Elevation, where Kamaru trains in Denver, which is even higher than Salt Lake City. So he was far fresher than Edwards. Three, I'm assuming they're going to do this in England. And they're going to do it at Wembley. And I think, I mean, I'm that's, I mean, not even talking about the non-elevation thing. I think that obviously plays in favor of Edwards. Four, I just kind of have a feeling. Because, like, after long title reigns, a lot of, the guys don't hold, get the belts back a lot of times, man. Mm. Like, Amanda, what Amanda did was rare. Like, like sometimes it just goes all at once. You know what I mean? And that was a bad knockout. Like, he, he said he didn't know what happened until 20 minutes later. He was awake, but he didn't remember any of it for 20 minutes okay. later. Like, anyway, that's a whole side note. We're already 42 minutes into this thing. Yeah, man, we got to see what I think Cam's at fight Colby, or if he goes to middleweight, pick a person. But he's not one fight away from a title shot if he goes to middleweight. Let me tell you that right now. You got to start. You got at least three wins. Yeah. Three wins. Um, if you want to count the one that just happened as one of them, I'm okay with that. Two more at least. Um, all right. The Leech won that fight, bro. I like Daniel Rodriguez. I think he's a good fighter. Um, I think he'd probably be better at 170. I don't know what this 180 thing was. I'm assuming they were just late notice fight. But I think the Leech won round one and two. I think, I want to pull it up while you're giving your thoughts, but I think most people think that too. No, yeah, I agree with it. I had, I had Jing, I, God, I, I always mispronounce his name. I had Jing Liang winning the first two rounds. I, I thought they were, you know, fairly close so it's it's not like i'm like you know stomping up and down that uh that he lost the decision uh my opinion was that he won the fight won the first two rounds uh damn shame damn shame that he lost the fight considering that he was the one at least on paper that got the short end of the stick when it came to his opponent he had tony ferguson originally that hey Nothing but respect for Tony Ferguson, but Tony Ferguson isn't what he used to be. Daniel Rodriguez is a, he's not actually young, right? He just hits very hard. And no, he just has hits a like a face. fucking truck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we established yesterday, he's like, like last week, he's like he's 35. 35. Yeah, he's 35. <laughs> but, but he hits like a Mack truck and he's, 
more ish in his prime than than Tony Ferguson. So that oh, by the way, people that were booing this thing, bro. Did you catch that? Were you guys have the audio on at your place? Because they were booing this fight, and I'm like, don't you dare boo like, anything boo happening in the actual booing top it, fights. booing it that that it was going on like it wasn't it was a bad i thought fight. it was fine i thought it was a fine fight and also like who has the audacity to boo look we all booed cams at when he was talking right but like yeah who has the audacity to boo anything these six men did on one day's notice like we're lucky that anybody did anything we're lucky there was a fight granted it's because the ufc has supreme control over contracts fucking kevin ioli went full bootlicker on uh, Kevin Aldi of, of Yahoo Sports went on there on Twitter and said, shout out to Dana White. No other promoter in the world could do this. And he turned off re replies on the tweet. And I'm like, did they pay you for this one? Legitimately. Get off his dick. Also, Jesus. it wasn't Dana. It was Hunter Campbell <laughs> and the matchmakers and Sean Shelby. Dana was losing money at the fucking crap stable, probably. I'm sure they appreciate like, damn, we don't even get we don't even get the love for this. That's fucked yeah. up. Okay, honestly, yeah, everybody had the leech winning. Like all but a two out of like 25 media members. And, and and the public had more people had Lee winning all three rounds than Rodriguez winning one. So I don't know, man. I think he deserves his entire check. My two cents. Whole check. Um real quick from the other fights. Uh Fucking Irene Aldana with a fucking liver kick off her back to Macy Chasson. I ain't never seen that before. I wish Mark uh, was here. I don't think, Mark told I don't think us anyone that. I don't think anyone's ever seen that before. That's what Mark was gonna be like. I saw it in a King of the Cage video from back in like two thousand and two or something, bro. You don't Hank understand man. Yeah, exactly. Like that's like man, like we can't watch other promotions now because there's too much UFC, but like Mark was all in, bro. I mean, you and me used to watch HD net fights on Saturday mornings because that like we'd like it would, like we'd record it and yeah, then, like we'd pull yeah. it up then and watch Shinya Aoki flip off people after breaking arms. Um, and then uh, Johnny Walker, big win for him over uh, the Hulk Ion Kutelaba. Um, he's training with SBG, uh, which I think he already was, but that's a uh, Connor's team. Then he got thrown out of the arena for reasons. Interesting. I just, I'll be honest, I didn't care enough to click more. There was too much going on already. <laughs> I'll just be uh, Hakeem Duwadu missed weight and then looked bad. Really was disappointed in Hakeem. He's a really good fighter. He's a good young fighter. This is when I find out he's like 42. Um, 31. Still, good young fighter. 13 and 3. That was bad. That was bad. Just missed weight by three pounds. Although outclassed in every regard. Although in this card, missing weight by three pounds isn't even close to being the biggest weight miss. Um, and then our boy, Chris Barnett. We all love Chris Barnett on this podcast. The Huggy Bear, the Beast Boy, um, was getting tuned up <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. I thought he couldn't see out of his eye, but then the cut was under his eye ultimately. So I guess like. Are you sure? Like, it but looked like was, his eye was, was closed up. It was still closing, I think, from the pressure. But, like, he could still... I like how the doctor, like, pries open his eyelid. Like, can you see? He's like, oh, yeah? <laughs> like, yeah, man, <laughs> now he can. <laughs> um, he won... I don't remember what he even won with. Punches? Yeah, just pretty much. Knocked out Jake Collier. Um, and then hit that, fronting, that running front flip. 
and then gave a, the greatest one of the greatest post fight speeches. Um, don't forget him walking it out after the uh, after the interview as well. Yeah. Um, he uh, he pounded two beers while walking out. That was great. I'm sorry. I'm just reading now that uh, Chris Barnett's wife died in May of 2022. Oh, what? Yeah. And uh, after battle with encephalitis, which is brain I've inflammation. Only, I've only heard of encephalitis from like house. What exactly is encephalitis? Uh, brain inflammation. Damn. Basically. Uh, Jesus, man. Well, that's first fight back. They have a, he has a daughter and a, he has a daughter and a son. So I'm happy, man. You can't miss weight, Chris. But that was a good performance. And nobody enjoys life in the UFC more than Chris Barnett. Dana said he couldn't give him the post fight benefit uh, con- press conference, post fight performance of the night because they don't give it to people who missed weight. Uh, but he said we'll take care of him, which I'll take him at his word. That's the things they've done in the past. It's not as common as it used to be, but. What do you mean? Like, he just went up there and just said, tell everybody how capable they are of everything. And I don't know. Yeah, that was. Considering, considering how much on paper the UFC wanted this car to not be any good. It was a good time. It was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we, before I, we debut our new segment, uh, just making sure there's no MMA news we need to make reference of. It looks like Dustin Chan, Dustin Poirier, and um, Michael Chandler got official for New York City. Oh yeah, the one we're going to. Um, and uh, blah blah blah. Kamzat, uh, Kamzat's coach said his next fight's probably at middleweight, and then he said that. Uh, it was his decision to stop the cut, not the physicians, which I'm sure he appreciates his coach burying him like that. Um, and then, like, just really sad news. We also got more sad news. Yeah. Elias Theodoro, which I don't know how, uh, maybe some newer MMA fans, and we're going to talk about newer MMA fans in a minute here, actually. Elias Theodoro, uh, it's Theodoro, right? Yeah, Theodoro. Theodoro, yeah. Yeah, someone wrote Theodorus. Um UFC vet, we haven't seen him since... Actually, he got keys no longer in the UFC. Hadn't seen him since May of 2019. Left after losing one fight, which... Um, I thought, just one fight? Might be tied to the rest of this year. Um, passed away. Age 34. Cancer. And... Uh, not going to try to act like we were all giant fans of Elias Theodoro, but... He's a good fighter, man. Good fighter, came off as a good dude. I remember when like he did uh, he 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 did go up there like an octagon girl, the ring know? boy, ring man, the ring boy. He did that, you know. He just for a sport that everybody's so fucking like. Some people are so at like, you know, I don't want to just say the words homophobic, but like people are uncomfortable with like anything beyond really aggressive male sexuality, like male and female. Like, well, like man is really comfortable with who he is in his own skin. Had the best hair in MMA. Just a beautiful flowing locks. And he did, he, you know, he fought this and, you know, did it himself. Like, didn't really let it come out there at all. Um, 
He became the first professional athlete to receive a therapeutic use, therapeutic use exemption for cannabis in, no, in hmm. January of 2020, which... Maybe that coinc- perhaps See, that I mean, coincides. He, he has stage his, four uh, cancer, so yeah, I think. Oh this is, man, yeah. damn! Sure, a bunch of jokes were made back then. Might even by us, but hey, man, was a good fighter. That's yeah. rough. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. So, thoughts and prayers to his family. You know. So, anyway. Um, I've got to make a transition here. So we promised this a couple weeks ago. And uh, we're actually doing it now. Um, we are going to do a... This, this is an idea we got. Um, because actually... And if he's listening, I don't know if he is. Um, but uh, Junior, who was a special guest on our podcast. About two months ago, I want to say Junior was on the podcast. Maybe. Maybe a little bit of that. And he works for me. And a uh, big MMA fan. And I was talking to him and he told me, you know... I'll bring stuff up from the past and he'll be like, oh, I didn't see that. You know, I didn't really become an MMA fan until McGregor. And I think even specifically more so towards like McGregor Mayweather, maybe even like, I think that was around the time we got a lot of new fans in this sport. And I thought like, you know, a lot of times on this podcast, Mike and Mark and I like kind of assume you all have seen these fights. And quite frankly, my measuring stick was Mike for the longest time because Mike was the newer MMA fan, but Mike's, 12 fucking years in now. Like, you think about it, man. It's a long time. Longer. I know. Sorry. Uh, 13 years in. When we started uh, living together. 09. 09. I would really. Uh, yeah, I we guess lived, too well. Yeah, I guess I mean, okay. Well, we started yeah. living together yeah, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, the tough finale. We watched the tough, you know. Never season. tough heavyweight started. Yeah. But I do have a distinct memory of us that year. This is a side note. Mike and I sitting there halfway like we're like people are at our house but they may be leaving and then like we're texting each other like hey man it's like uh this ufc card what do you think and then like you know we're not going back and forth we should pay for it and then like people left our house then we stared at each other we're like so we're buying this right and that's when i knew mike was all in i was like oh mike mike's like all in (laughs) that's it (laughs) um but anyway um we thought this would be we thought because there's a lot of newer fans of this sport thankfully a lot of it thanks to mcgregor and ESPN deal, really, those two things. We thought it'd be cool for us to recommend some fights. Um, and we're going to do this every week. And not all of us are going to recommend a fight every single week. But we promise there'll be at least one fight recommendation for you guys. Um, and uh, we are, we're we all kind of handling different eras. Uh, Mike's pretty much handling, like, you know, pretty much like, you know, the t- the teens, more or less. Most of the teens. I'm handing most of the later half of the aughts. Mark can do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, pretty much. <laughs> like Mark is the wild card. Yeah, pretty much. Mark is going to give you guys. Mark's going to be here for like. my And everything we're going to give you, we're going to try our damnedest for this to be something that's on the fight pass. Okay? You don't want to use the fight pass. Have you guys ever heard of the daily motion? Just put that out there. Okay? <laughs> Just put that out there. Um, so yeah, um, Mike, I know you have a kind of topical one, so. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the so, way, we need a name for this fucking segment, and Mike and I are not doing well coming up with one. So if you guys want to suggest one, hit us up on Twitter, or, uh, itsamazing at gmail.com. It's more likely that you get a response than Twitter these days. Um, I did go on our Twitter account, Mike, by the way, just to go tweet, the leech got robbed. 
the first tweet I put on our Twitter account in like a year at least. But it's anyway, point, it's a poignant and effective forwards. Yeah. So if you have an idea for a name, send it to us. But Mike, what's your fight recommendation? Yeah. So as you mentioned, it's a pretty topical one. And just in case, uh, just to reiterate. So this isn't necessarily always going to be like, what was the best fight of the year? It's, it's going to be fights that we personally think are significant. It might also coincide that those were really, really good fights in that particular year, or one of the best fights for that year, but that won't always be the case. You're muted. I say memorable to us would be the best description of what you're going to hear here. For some Correct. reason or other, this is memorable to us. And the one I am actually going to start it off with, it's probably one that we've talked about a few times before and one that I have complained on this podcast ad nauseum a bit, but considering that we likely just saw Nate Diaz's final fight in the UFC, if not forever, at least for a, at least for a few years, uh, the first fight I thought of when thinking about what to talk about for this segment was Nate Diaz's first fight with Conor McGregor back in UFC 196. And I thought about this fight for, for mainly two reasons. The first one is that this is the fight where Nate beat Conor. Um, you know, he came in, I think, on maybe a week's notice, maybe 10 days notice. I wasn't exactly sure how much time he came in um, with. And mind you, he was... Connor was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Anjos. He broke his foot, so he was out of the fight. It was supposed to be a champion versus champion fight. And then Jose Aldo turned the fight down because it wasn't enough time for him to prep for the fight. Frankie Edgar turned down the fight for his own, for his own reasons as well. And then we were left with Nate. So Nate was the fourth, the third guy. Um, yes. We also learned... And we mentioned it on the podcast a few weeks ago that Uriah Faber was in the mix too. And he's who the UFC went to oh, when, Nate, when Nate said he wanted a ton of money when the UFC tried to offer him like 20 grand to do the fight. And Nate apparently just said, fuck you. So they went to Uriah. But then at that point, Connor decided, no, nah, I want Nate. I did not know what, that part yeah. about Uriah. Yeah. A lot of also, you learn a lot of Nate and Connor working together. A lot of these stories in the past, if you think about it. But sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, of course. Yeah, and so that, you know, that 10 days or so leading up to it, considering how what such a small amount of time leading up to the fight, we had so many memorable moments, uh, such as uh, I think both of them in, uh, I think, no, McGregor in a tank top and Nate in an oversized shirt and T-shirts. McGregor trying all of his normal press conference antics. Um, and Nate Diaz's responses to a lot of it just being on, you're on steroids. And then the infamous CNBC uh, interview between the two of them. where Colin What is McGregor this, the fucking money channel? <laughs> Where, yes, Nate Diaz mentions that. And I think at one point, Connor says, they can't read, which that was just, <laughs> that was just funny in its own right. And then we get to the actual fight. And so all of this to say, the first reason why I picked this fight is that this is the fight that 
was the star turn for, for Nate Diaz. This is the fight that turned the Nate Diaz, I think, from more of an underground, you know, legend, uh, a fighter that anyone who was a true fight fan knew and knew he was a, you know, a, a real G in the game, turned him into a true, true household name where he, when he won this fight, he had his, you know, memorable and iconic, I'm not surprised, bitch line. He. Motherfucker. What? I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Mike, how what? dare you? <laughs> hey, it's, it's 11 o'clock over here. I'm tired, bro. Leave me alone. Um, you know, he he went on a whole bunch of like mainstream, mainstream. Like I'm talking, he was in he was across from Carissa Thompson on Extra the, the the next week, talking about the Conor McGregor fight. I think something that has never been was never afforded to a UFC fighter before. Then I don't even think Ronda Rousey was was on was ever on Extra, and you know Nate Diaz beat her to it. So for me. It making Nate Diaz a household star is the number one reason why I picked this fight. The other is for less memorable reasons or more hurtful reasons for me. Because I had about a seven-fight parlay on UFC 196. I had hit about three underdogs. And the original plum pick, Misha, uh, Misha Tate over Holly Holm, was on this card. I remember thinking after Misha beat Holly for the championship, I've got these five G's in the bag. All Carter has to do is beat Nate Diaz. Ooh, it hurts me just saying that. I love my boy Nate, but he took this fight on 10 days notice. Carter should be able to get this win. And let me tell you something, Bobby. When, when Nate hit Connor with that, with that beautiful right straight. And then Connor, you know, shot on Nate. And then Nate rear naked choked him. I was the happiest man on earth. I think I was happier than Nate's own mother to see him yeah. win that fight. We I lost was, our minds. I we was giddy as shit. I, I remember watching it at Phil's apartment. Me and Phil were just jumping up and down, hugging. And it wasn't until maybe about a minute later when I just thought, ah, he cost me five G's. <laughs> so this just goes to show just how big a fan I am of Nate Diaz and his brother, Nick, that my first reaction when he choked out Conor McGregor was not to think, damn, he just cost me a great time at the strip club. No, it was to think, Man, I'm so happy he won. Um, that was UFC 196, uh, March 5th, 2016, MGM Grand Garden Arena. 1.3 million people bought that shit. 1.3. But he's not and, a uh, not an evil mover. Not an evil mover. And uh, uh, one thing I noted to you before the podcast, just looking over some of the uh, some of the things from this card, particularly what people were paid. And granted, I know this was what, like seven years ago at this point. Some of these people weren't champions yet. But I was dumbfounded to see that Valentina Shevchenko only got 14 G's to lose to Amanda Nunes. Holy shit. I mean, Amanda Nunes only got 56 grand to win that fight. That is amazing. I mean, yep. 
Um, so yeah, UFC 196. Uh, you should be this. Let me be honest. This, this fight, I think, is on YouTube. Actually, I'm actually uh, UFC puts on free UFC puts on free fights before cards a lot of times to hype up certain people, and I believe this one's on there. But I don't think it has the entire post fight stuff. Which yeah, there was a, there's a mural. I went to it. This picture of me and Mark at this mural in Stockton of Nate Diaz's bloody face. It just says, I'm not surprised, dot, dot, dot. And then someone bought the building and painted over it. Yeah. That's not nice. Yeah. Not even like a, like a, it was not a great part of Stockton. We got out to take a picture. One of my Yo, coworkers got catcalled. It is Stockton, California. What fucking other celebrities do they have there? What's wrong with Dallas this Braden. guy? That's it. It's just Dallas Braden. Yeah. brothers. <laughs> what other celebrities do they have out there? Dallas Braden. I'm just saying. That's all they got. Um, all right. So mine, I'll be honest, it almost was Nate Diaz versus Cowboy Cerrone, but I didn't want to double do make this just the Nate Diaz show. Um, maybe I'll, we'll do well, that one will definitely come up. Just it will with the between uh, the, between me and Mike, one of us will say it because it's right on the borderline of our date thing. All right, mine is um from 2007. Um, also at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Quentin Jackson versus Chuck Liddell, two, um, for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship. And um, so this fight, um, you almost like, if you weren't experiencing it at this time, this was a very important moment for the UFC. Um, this was the event, and people actually write it on ESPN, on, on, on Wikipedia. I'll actually take this sentence because it's true. Main team, mainstream sports media, especially ESPN, began extensive coverage of the UFC on that event. They broadcast the live weigh-ins, and they had a post-fight show on ESPN News. Okay? That was largely done on the back of Chuck Liddell. Um, Chuck Liddell came out of that trilogy with um, Randy Couture just as the man. And he was, you know, especially those fights with Tito that elevated him even more. And Chuck was kind of out of dudes to fight, in theory. I mean, the UFC had recently, you know, the pride thing was happening. Um, so there was guys coming in theory, but, but Chuck was at the point where he was, like, fighting old opponents just because the guy had a win over him when he was, like, 5-0 and or something. Um, and he was on the cover of ESPN the magazine back when that was a big thing. Um, well, big-ish thing. Um, there was a picture of him and his son, and it's a real cute picture and stuff, but this is like a big moment. And then he's fighting Quentin Jackson, someone he'd lost to uh, three years earlier in Pride, um, which you at least all know Pride, Japanese MMA organization. And I remember watching that fight with Mark. And Rampage whooped his ass. Rampage beat his ass for 13 minutes. Got him uh, by, they threw in the towel. Um, in the second round. Rampage got on top. Rampage likes to hang out in half guard. Rampage started beating his ass. Chuck wasn't ready for it. So I remember watching this fight, and I wasn't that big of an MMA fan at all at this point. I say I became a bigger MMA fan in 08. And, I, you know, but I watched this fight with Mark, and that is why this fight's on this list for me. Not just because I'm a Rampage Jackson fan, okay? And we all are, you know, at least this version of Rampage and stuff. I remember watching it with Mark, and Mark was just like, I really want Quentin to win. I want it. People are talking about him. People are acting like that fight's a fluke. 
It was also, I felt a real, like, Mark's, like, all these new fans don't know what the fuck they're watching. Because this was a one-sided fight the first time. And he's like, and then, you know, Chuck's hands go low. Minute and a half, minute 45 into the first round. Rampage gets him with a right hook. Boom, down goes Chuck. Two more punches, knocked out. Chuck uh, Rampage Jackson just won came light heavyweight champion. Was that Mark the, uh, lost his mind? Was that the first mind. chink in the uh, in the Chuck Liddell chin? I mean, he'd been. I think he'd been knocked out before, but he, yeah, really, yeah, like knocked out. That was it. That started it. It really was the Rashad knockout, though. I think the Rashad knockout really broke it. And it was really just his style. Like, Chuck took a lot of damage. Chuck yeah. got an iron chin. And just took sprawl and brawl on a level like... I don't know. I think people, honestly... I mean, this is what, I know this is really about Rampage, but go back and watch him, Chuck. Chuck was a good fighter, man. He was a really good fighter. and He's one of the reasons we're here doing this. So, yeah. That was at UFC 71 uh, back in 2007. Co-main event. Carl Parisian, Josh Berkman. Um, yeah, got James Irvin on the undercard, got Dean Thomas. And you know what? Like the undercard back when none of us saw it. Dean pretty good. Thomas. Whoa. Dean Thomas was Jeremy. Ste Jeremy Stevens is so old. He was on this card. Uh, Jeremy Stevens got to UFC. He was like 19. Jesus. Uh, Carl Parisian's on there though. As I mentioned, Houston Alexander, Keith Jardine, um, Chris Lieben, you know, some good dudes on this card, but really. People were there to see Quentin and Chuck, really to see Chuck, and all of them saw Quentin knock him out and saw Rampage howl and said, who is this dude? They helped Rampage be a pay-per-view star. So, yeah, that's it. We're an hour and 10 minutes into this podcast, but this is the, uh, that, that's mostly Nate Diaz's fault. Um, that's the new <laughs> segment. Um, every week, there'll be at least one fight we're recommending. This week, saying go back there and watch Ch uh, Diaz versus McGregor and Liddell versus... Uh, Versus Jackson, two. Maybe go back and watch Liddell versus Jackson, one. Maybe Mark will recommend that fight one day. Mm. Mark, Mike, I mean, I would. I mean, it wasn't Maybe. terribly exciting. You just chuck getting beat up, you know? And Mark, Mark's going to recommend some shit, guys. Just let you know. Like, Mark's going to recommend, like, some, like, you know, Vanderlei fighting some poor judoka who doesn't know how to throw punches and, ramp and Vanderlei knees him 750 times. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to like bust out your VHS tape player uh, no, to he's gonna, watch he's gonna, the fights. That you're gonna actually search in that fight pass. You're gonna have to get it. You're gonna delve deep into the fight pass. Um, all right, stuff we like. Um, I'll say mine. I think they're pretty quick. I finished the bear. Um, I keep forgetting if you finished it or you just started it or you were. You, were, am, you were on six. You I'm on. Where I was. I'm on episode six, so I haven't watched the final two episodes. Okay, so. Yeah, I hope you do so we can talk about it. Um, but I'll just for now, I think you're going to be on the same page here. Really good show. And uh, they got renewed for season two, which is cool. Um, and Jeremy Allen White's a good actor. And I'm not yeah. going to Google the other guy's name right now, but the guy who also plays uh, Microchip in Punisher, um, the guy who plays the cousin in this show, good actor too. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was to be expected that it was going to be renewed after, um, you know, all of the hype. Yeah, if you get anxiety watching the first episode, don't. You're not alone. I think uh, a lot of people did, including me. I got stressed out from the yelling, Mike. I was just stressed out. 
Um, okay. Um, and then I also, that might've been it. Actually, I'm watching, I'm still watching She-Hulk. I'll still say this. It's a fun show. Everybody calm the fuck down. You all don't need to be angry about a show because there's a woman in it. And like, look, you're going to say like, oh, why is it sexist? Just because I don't like this show. I'm just gonna be like, no, I'm just going to say that. The movies with the women stars, the TV show with the women, the TV show with the Muslim woman, woman teen, Muslim teenager. It's a common denominator. A lot of review these. bombing. A lot of review bombing. Just saying. A lot of review bombing. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's what I got this week. You got anything, buddy? I've just got a quick one. Uh, probably a big no-brainer, but I bought Mario Party for the Switch over the weekend because I was going to have more than three people over. And I thought, well, if I'm going to buy this game, this is as good as uh, an opportunity as any to actually purchase it. And surprise, surprise, it's very fun. Does everybody have... Is that the one where you can use multiple Switches, but only one of you has to own the game or something? So I think I actually bought the wrong Mario Party. I think I bought like an anthology version, whereas like you could play old versions of Mario Party, but it's... That sounds like like the the right one, bro. But but (laughs) the graphics graphics have been like updated for the Mm -hmm. Switch. Uh, Either way, it was still very fun. I was going to say, the old ones are the good one. I mean, actually, I played the first one, an unreasonable. I, I do like that this one, it and this made me chuckle, um, where it has an alert, like especially for the mini games where you have to rotate the analog stick. Yeah. Uh, it has a, a warning that says, do not use the center of your palm to rotate. And that made me laugh aloud because... I remember many an after school in eighth grade in 1998 and 1999 playing Mario Party and playing those games where you got to rotate using, and I used the center of my palm. And I remember distinctly a perfectly circle burn mark in the middle of my hand. Good times. I mean, I wish Mark was here, buddy, because I, I did the exact same thing. I was that kind of <laughs> savage. I remember Mark. I remember Mark just being like, "It's not that serious. <laughs> uh, it's just not that serious." Oh, yeah. It is that serious. Yeah, it is. Fuck you. What do you mean? <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, that's all we actually. You know what? That's that's really all we got this week. Um, I like football. Yo, oh, what w- one quick thing? Um, there are different mini games where, like, you know, either it's a free for all or like you'll get into teams or one on three. And <laughs> there was one particular game where I was paired up with, with my friend's wife and she completely dropped the ball. And for like one second, I just shot her a murderous look. <laughs> like, how <laughs> dare you? Yeah, we get competitive, yo. Um, by the way, you're definitely losing your money. Put it down, looking at that Denver Seattle game. <laughs> Look, man, I just need Jerry Judy to just catch me one ball, and at the very least, I could come out of here with a fantasy win. Dude, but, just, not my just, mo- but not my money. I just need Denver to kick this fucking field goal. Um, all right, guys, thank you all very much for listening. We'll be back next week. We're gonna, you know, keep this train rolling. And if there's any, again, if you have a name you want to suggest that is better than fights we like, as you can tell, we like is a common theme in our naming of shit. Um, it's amazing that we came up with it. I'm amazing. But frankly, that shit's a like creative gold compared to our usual names. 
Uh, Till then, till next week, I was Dr. Law. We didn't pick the fights for the, we didn't pick the fights. Uh, no, we, uh, we didn't. <laughs> we, just, we just wanted to pick it very quickly. All right. Song Yudong versus, um, versus fucking Corey Sandhagen. Jesus Christ, Mike. We almost, this is what, guys, we need Mark back. We seriously need Mark back. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, Song Yudong, um, I like saying his name, but whatever. Plus 160. Corey Sandhagen minus 190. I think I think Song Yudong's awesome. Straight up. I think he's really good. I just don't think he's there yet. I don't think he's Corey Sandhagen good yet. But he's only plus 160. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if he found a way. But I got Sandhagen. Amazingly, Song Yudong is still only 24 years old. Came to the UFC, I think, at 19, which that's pretty amazing. But I would agree with you. Uh, Corey Sandhagen is top three in this division. Uh, this isn't Song Yudong's time yet. I think this is going to be 25 minutes of Sandhagen controlling, showing a masterclass. Maybe we get a stop later in the later rounds. Yeah, this guy, man, um, team alpha male guy since 2017. Only got one loss since then. So they're over there really training this guy up. And we almost did this podcast. I forgot like the, one of the two things we actually need to do. Good Lord, buddy. Um, all right. <laughs> We'll be back uh, next week, I promise. Um, until then, I was Dr. Law. That was Lavender, Lavender Gooms. See y'all next week. Peace. You know, I'm kind of happy Denver made this kick. At least this way, I lost the chip. Like, no point. Wait, they they made the kick or missed the kick? No, they missed it. 64 fucking oh, yards. Fuck. What's wrong with them? Well, there goes my money, too. I don't even need them to cover. I see them to win. Join me in the Losers Club, Bob. God damn, man. The end of this podcast, by the way, us just talking right now, just cursing about gambling. Don't gamble, kids. It's bad for you. Peace out. See ya.